The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Hello, I'm Bill Winston, and welcome to another program. The program that you're watching is called The Believer's Walk of Faith, where we walk by faith and not by sight. We have an exciting teaching for you today. We're talking about the revelation of royalty. Revelation of royalty. Over in the book of Revelation, it says Jesus is a king of kings. Glory to God. And he's the Lord of lords. Well, who do you think the kings are and the lords are? That's us. Praise the Lord. Why? Because when he got raised from the dead, so did we. When he got seated at the right hand of the Father, so did we. Glory to God. I'm saying, what did he got? We got. Why? Because we're his body. So I'm saying now that we can reign in this earth, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, as kings. So it's time for us to do that. Get your Bibles and pictures and papers ready. Let's go through it. Praise God. It's called Revelation of Royalty. The greatest businessmen and women in the world should emerge from the church. Now, some of the greatest ones we know were in the Old Testament. We knew Abraham. Abraham was a businessman, by the way. And we knew Job. Job was a businessman. The Bible said Job was the greatest man in the earth. How about Joseph? Joseph was a businessman, raised up there, and so forth and so on. But that was Old Testament. The Bible says that, um, that John the Baptist, who was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, that he that is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm saying even over in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, how many of you know Solomon was great? How many of you know Solomon had wisdom? How do you know Solomon was the rich, one of the richest men that's ever been in the, in the Scriptures? But in Mark, Matthew 12, verse 42, it says, a greater than Solomon is here. Folks, the, great, the richest people in the world are up. Listen, they're not going to be in the Old Testament. They're going to be in the New Testament. Why? Because we have, and you're going to study it out in Hebrews chapter 2, that, that we have another word. They, they, we have word that they didn't have. We, we have a freedom that they didn't have. They were still under the power. We are not under the power. We are on top of the power. We can do things that they couldn't even do. Thank God for Abraham. Thank God for Joseph. Thank God for Job. But Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Man, listen, he said that, that, that these last days, he said that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. What former house is he talking about? He's talking about Solomon's temple. The queen of Sheba came, and she came from a far journey, and she looked at Solomon's temple. She saw his, 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 uh, all his cupbearers and servants and those around his court. She saw the stairs that led up to the upper rooms. She saw all of that, and oh, she fainted. I'm, I'm telling you, the Bible said there was no more spirit left in her. She fell out. What was she done? She had never seen such in her life. She has not only that, not only did she see something, but she heard wisdom. 
She heard wisdom that she had never heard before. The Bible says she brought him all her problems from her kingdom so she could get some solutions. Solomon was giving us solutions right and left. And listen, God says that in the last days, the manifold wisdom of God is going to come through the church. Folks, we are not supposed to run from problems. We're supposed to run to them. Now listen at this. Well, how can I solve that? I don't know that much. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't know whether you've ever been street witnessing before in your life, but I have. And when I first started, I was amazed. What I was amazed at is this. I would study the Bible and learn scriptures and so forth, but then I'd go out on the street one time. And I go on the street and say, excuse me, but I talk to you about the Lord and so forth. And I talk to him. All of a sudden, scriptures start coming out. I said, whoa, wow, well, boy, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, what happened? They were drawing it out. You see, when you go into those environments, don't look for a feeling. It comes by faith. The anointing is on you for leadership. Folks, the world is running out of answers. The green answers, the gas answers, the, the food answers. The, it's running out of answers, but the church has the answer. It's in the wisdom of God. It took God's wisdom to make this world. It's going to have to take God's wisdom to fix it. And you are the fixers. Is there no king in you? Lord. So what has happened? You and I had spent our lives as slaves. Slaves means we didn't know Christ. And anybody that doesn't know Christ is in slavery and bondage. But what happened? Somebody told us about Jesus. And now, because we got born again, we are now royal children of the kingdom of God. Now, what am I saying? We now have a teacher. And the Bible says in John 14, our teacher is the Holy Spirit. He is our personal tutor. You can call him personal trainer. And he's training us for reigning. And we're standing in now, he's teaching us to stand in the authority of, of, of sons and daughters of Almighty God and take charge over circumstances rather than being enslaved by the circumstances. When you are murmuring, complaining, blaming, or taking on a victim mentality, there is no king in you. You with that? Now, you and I should walk in the same authority and the same dominion that Jesus exercised when he walked this earth. God has ordained power in your tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death 
and life are where? In the power of tongue. It didn't say in the power of God. It didn't say in the power of the devil. Now we know God has all power, but it didn't say that because he gave this earth over to you and it's your responsibility. And for you to release his power, you're going to have to speak. All right, let me give you the next thing. Every conflict, in every conflict, put your mouth to work. Force your mouth to speak only the word of God. Did you get that? Now, realize that the world's walking in darkness, so they're going to call it like it is. Now, the problem with that is, if you say what it is, like it is, you're going to have more of what you say. The idea is that a king, oh, Jesus, he doesn't ask for anything. He decrees something. Are you with me? No. This is a shift for you because in your natural body, you're, you're looking at your background or your pedigree or wherever you came from or whatever, and you say, now, how can I be a king? I'm talking about your position now. I'm talking about your authority. I'm talking about this way of behavior, way of acting. We're training you now for reigning. The Holy Spirit now is going to be working with what I've given you to bring forth the king in you. You with me? So in every conflict, put your mouth to work. Now, the Bible talks about the fact that whosoever shall say to this what? Mountain, be thou what? Remove, be thou cast where? Into the sea, and shall not doubt where? In her heart, but shall what? Believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, and what will he have? Whatever he says. Now that is the way you were made. God is the king, you are kings. God is the judge, he's put you in the earth to judge this earth. God is, is, he's God, and he's put little g inside of you. So the way God operates, he's teaching us to operate. And God calls things that be not as though they were. So when God saw darkness in the earth and he created everything, what did he call darkness? Light. And what happened? Light was. Now, are you to operate that way? So while the world is talking about how bad it is and how, 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 how helpless and how hopeless things are, you don't have to say that because you have the capacity to create a whole new reality with your tongue. Now, listen now, we, we see, how many of you are a parakeet can speak or a parrot can speak? but he don't believe it. Plus the fact, no God in it. I've seen somebody train a dog. I was looking on TV the other day, and some of this dog can speak and say, hello, and dog, hello. I said, man, this is some kind of dog. And, but, but my point to you is, is all of this is there, but only humans can speak because we were made in the image, come on, of God. 
Now, I'm only saying, now come back to your speech and understand that you're going to have to now watch your speech because you're learning something that's going to turn up the power on your speech. And over in Job, come on, Job chapter 22, and look at verse 28, it says, Thou shalt also do what? Decree a thing, and what will happen? Now, a decree is a relative term. It means legislatively. It's a judicial term. It means to resolve by sentence. It means to order. In the general, it means to edict or law, make a law out of something. And so thou shalt decree a thing. So you are a king, and there is king in you, and you're not asking somebody for something. You're going to decree something to happen. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, follow this. When in every conflict now, put your mouth to work and force it to speak only the Word of God. Do you follow what I'm saying? Now, God says by His stripes, come on, what has happened? I am healed. Now, understand that if Satan has anything to do with it, he's going to try to make you at least say you're still sick. Say amen to this. Because the, 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 the kingdom of darkness is conflicting and competing with the kingdom of light. So he's going to try to make, say, you're still sick. But if you say, I'm by his stripe, I'm healed, then these conflicting pieces of information are going to collide, but God is the judge. And what he's going to do is if you doubt not, the power of God will be sufficient enough to not only drive out the pain, but fix anything that would remain. Now, the kingdom of darkness is driven out of your life. Are you following what I'm saying? So now, let's just look at every conflict, put your mouth to work. Let's take Moses, for example. He went down and told Pharaoh. He said, Pharaoh, let my people go. Well, what did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh made it harder on him. But Moses came back, and Moses had a rod in his hand, and Moses was using that rod. And every time he'd speak something and use that rod, then something uh, 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 would happen, a miracle, and eventually he got the people out of the hands of Pharaoh. But notice, the biggest thing he used was his mouth. How about this Shunammite woman over in 2 Kings chapter 4? Now, this woman what came to the man of God, but she had never had a child, but the man of God blessed her, opened her womb, and next thing you know, she had a child. The child grew to, I don't know, 12 or 14 years old. Then the child one day went out in the heat with his father in the field. Well, he said, my head, my head. And the father took him back into his mother. He laid on his mother's lap and died. Then his mother then took him and took him up to the room where the man of God stayed when he came through town and laid him on that bed and closed the door. She came back downstairs, and when she came down, she put on a Sunday go-to-meeting hat. She put on her clothes, and she got the driver and told her husband, I'm going to see the man of God. I'll be back. The husband asked a question. Wait a minute now. It's not the new moon, nor is it the Sabbath day. Why are you going to see the man of God today? Here's what she said. All is well. Now, no 
notice she could have broke down. She could have talked about how bad things were in the house. She could have talked about the boy who was graveyard dead up there, but she didn't do it. She said, all is well. Now notice, there she is, and she told the driver, she said, now put it to the floor. Y'all know what that means, don't you? That means make haste, and they got in proximity to the man of God. The man of God saw him coming way across the field, and he sent his servant. He said, Gehazi, go ask her, is it well with her? Is it well with her husband? Is it well with the child? Gehazi ran. He met him before they got to the man of God. He said, the, the man of God sent me to ask you, is it well with you? She said, oh, yeah. Is it well with your husband? Oh, yeah. Is it well with your child? Oh, she said, all is well. She had two times to break down and have a pity party and tell this man how bad things were. But she didn't do that. And because she didn't do that, the Lord, who is the judge, came on the man of God and he went to the woman's house, laid on top of the boy. The boy sneezed seven times and got up. I'm here to tell you, God is still God. He's still the judge. But that's not all. How about over in Numbers chapter 13, 12 spies came back from spying out the land of Canaan. They saw giants in the land. They saw walls that were so high, you couldn't even move them, couldn't even get over them. And they came back and 10 of them said, oh, it's bad out there. The Lord brought us out here to kill us. Is we gonna lose the battle? But the two spies said this, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are what? Well able to overcome it. What did I tell you? In every conflict, put your mouth to work. David, David, David met, came to the front line. He's only 17 years old. And all his big brothers and all the army was up against this guy named Goliath. A major conflict. And what happened? David started talking about something. He said, why are y'all running from this big guy? He said, I'll take him. He said, I slayed a lion. I killed a bear back there at the camp. I can take this big guy. And they tried to run him back to the camp. He wouldn't go. He ended up in front of the king, and the king said, David, how can you do that? He said, oh, I can do it. And so what did he do? He tried to hang his armor on him. David said, no, get this stuff off of me. This stuff too heavy, and I haven't checked it out. You see, Goliath had been trained in military warfare since his youth. David had never been trained in that. David says, no, keep your sword. I got a sword that you can't see. It's in my mouth. He went there and told Goliath after Goliath had cursed him, he said, big guy, you uncircumcised rascal. <laughs> Today, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. <laughs> Come on now. Then he told him this. I'm going to cut your head off. 
Then I'm going to feed your whole army. Get, move out the way. I'm going to feed your whole... I'm talking to Goliath now. Move out of the way. I'm going to feed your whole army to the buzzards of the air. And guess what? David ran to the battle. He ran to the battle. How about the three Hebrews? Here they were in a Babylonian empire. And King Nebuchadnezzar would play the music and everybody was supposed to bow down. But these three Hebrews was operating off of a different kingdom. The kingdom that they were operating off said this, thou shalt not bow thyself down to any other gods. They refused to bow. Nebuchadnezzar said, you boys have been doing pretty good up until now. We've been friends. But now, if you don't bow, you're going to have to burn. They said, King, we respect what you just said, but God is the judge. Boy, y'all got, got to get that one. He threw them in there, and the king looked in there and said, didn't we throw three in there? They said, yes, we did, King. He said, well, I see a fourth one, and it looks like the Son of God. See, God says, I'll never leave you. Come on. No, will I forsake you. How about Jesus now? Jesus comes to a grave of a man named Lazarus. The problem is, is he's a few days late. It's been four days now. Now Lazarus' body is starting to stink. Jesus shows up at the tomb. Martha came out, I think it was, who came out, ran to meet him and said, oh, if you had only been here sooner, he would not have died. Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. You see what I'm saying? In every conflict, put your mouth to work. He shall rise again. He said, well, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection and the last day. Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let, me, let me get your theology right. I am the resurrection. I am the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the alpha What happened? He raised him up. Lazarus came forth. Now, what does it say over in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4? Are you ready? Where the word of a king is, there is power. Let's stop right there. Are you a king? You got power. You don't know how God's going to do it. But I love what God said to Moses. To tell him this, the battle is not theirs. Come on. But God's. Our job is to, in the face of circumstances that are impossible, stay with God. Oh, praise the Lord. I trust that you enjoyed that teaching. Now, again, that's called Revelation of Royalty. Now, remember now, in every conflict that you and I may have in this earth, put your mouth to work. In other words, don't talk against yourself because we're supposed to be rulers over this earth. The Bible says in Psalm 82, it says, Have I not said that you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High? Now, notice what he calls us. He calls us gods. Now, that's with a little g, but it 
means rulers. It means magistrates. It means we're the sheriff in town. Praise the Lord. And when you're murmuring or complaining or talking with a victim mentality, there's no king in you. There is no king. You can't speak to mountains and they be removed at that point because you've not received what God has called you to be. You see, that's what God wants. And that's why he says in Micah chapter four, he says, is there no king in you? Well, yes, there is. Praise God. God is the king and you are his children. So you've got royal blood inside of you. So you can command some things in this earth. And God says this, I watch over my word and make it good. He's the one backing up what you speak. Isn't that a powerful teaching? Well, the address and phone number are on your screen. I want you to order it right away. Listen, get it, put it down in your spirit. Let it renew your mind because it's time for us to stop complaining about this and, 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 and murmuring about that, folks. There's something you can do about every situation that comes your way. And God has made it so you can do it as royalty. This is a powerful teaching. Well, this is Bill Winston. We're going to see you next time. Until then, keep walking by faith. Once you received Jesus as the Lord of your life, you were engrafted into God's royal family. You are a child of the King, and the authority of the kingdom is within you. Before you can exercise your kingship, you must have a revelation of your royalty. You and I are getting to the promised land, but, but you can't go into that land with the wrong image. You, you got to have the right image of who you are, watch this, and who God is. In this new series by Dr. Bill Winston, you'll learn that you are seated in heavenly places with God because you are royalty. There are certain things that would affect your behavior if you knew you were royalty. Say amen to that. God is a king. You are his children. You can't help but have the same DNA in you as he has in him. Order Revelation of Royalty today, and Dr. Winston will explain why the Holy Spirit is the one who tutors you to act like a king. Why royalty is not just a title, but a manifestation of your redemption why you need to speak only the Word of God, and much more. Before it got taken back, Satan still had the power. But he doesn't have it now. Jesus stripped him of all his authority. Everything that Adam lost, Jesus got it back. Watch this, and gave it to you. To order your copy of Revelation of Royalty, simply write to Bill Winston Ministries, P.O. Box 947, Oak Park, Illinois, 60303. Buy bank card at 1-800-711-9327 or online at www.billwinston.org. God desires that we live the good life that He intended. To do this, we must have a revelation of royalty. Order your copy of Revelation of Royalty today. Hello, this is Bill Winston, and I'd like to share with you a new book that I've just written. It's called Miracles in the Marketplace. Now, traditionally, we thought of miracles happening when people get sick and get a miracle or something's wrong with them physically, they get a miracle. Now, miracles can happen in education, in government, in business, in economics, anywhere, and you can have a miracle in your life. 
We're up against things and challenges today that, let me tell you, the natural solutions just won't do it. We need a miracle. Well, this book develops not only a miracle mindset, but how you can produce miracles in your life. It is a phenomenal book. Powerful. Praise God. You need to get it today. This is Bill Winston saying God bless you and keep walking by faith. The mission of Bill Winston Ministries is to preach the gospel of the kingdom throughout the world. Thank you, Bill Winston Ministry partners and viewers for your continuous support of the Believer's Walk of Faith broadcast. 